Our text tonight gives us the summary of the book of Judges and the interpretive key for how we are to understand the stories of Israel's judges. In the broader narrative of the Bible, the judges period is the 300 plus years before Saul becomes the first king in 1050 B.C. God has rescued his chosen people Israel from slavery in Egypt. He has given them his law. He has made a covenant with them to bless them if they keep the law and curse them if they disobeyed it. Then God gave them victory, driving out other nations and established for his people a place to dwell and to flourish in the promised land of Canaan as Joshua led them in covenant faithfulness. As we open the book of Judges, Joshua has died and we see whether or not the next generation will keep the covenant and obey the Lord. I'm going to start reading in verse 10 of chapter 2 to give you more context. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the people who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned, and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were in terrible distress. Then the Lord raised up judges, who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them, and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, because this people have transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died, in order to test Israel by them, whether, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. And we ask that you would please give us understanding of it, that we might grow in deeper repentance and faith in you and be more effective witnesses in our community as we leave here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. As we look at this text tonight, we see two cycles very clearly. First, we see Israel's pattern, and second, we see the Lord's pattern. You may want to underline the people's action and circle the Lord's actions in your Bible to make this more clear. Notice the pattern of actions of the people of Israel. First, the people failed to keep the law. Verse 11 says, they did what was evil and served the Baals. In verse 12, they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers. They went after other gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. 
verse 13, they abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtaroth. And then in verse 17, they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They did not keep his commandments. Secondly, in verses 14 and 15, they suffered oppression as the Lord gave them over to their enemies and they were in terrible distress. And in verse 18, they groaned under the affliction and oppression of their enemies. Thirdly, in verse 16, the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them and explained further in verse 18, the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. The Lord saved Israel. Fourth, verse 19, when the judge died, they turned back and were even more corrupt. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. And cycling back up to verse 17, they did not listen to their judges, they whored after other gods, and the same things happened again and again and again. So this is the pattern of God's people in the time of the judges. First apostasy, then oppression and groaning, then Yahweh's deliverance by a judge, followed by their stubbornness and repetition of that apostasy deeper and deeper into their sin. And round and round they went, deeper and deeper. They did not listen, they did not change, they did not repent and turn back to the Lord. And for generations, Israel spiraled down deeper and deeper in their sin. We look at this cycle and rightly say, how dumb can you be? Just when I thought you couldn't get any dumber, right? Why don't they repent and obey God's law? Don't they see why their lives are hard? All they have to do is repent of their sins and obey the Lord, and He will abundantly bless them. Listen to how the author of Judges speaks of them. They did not listen. They whored. They turned aside. They did not obey. They were more corrupt than their fathers. They did not drop any of their practices. They were stubborn. We like to read the book of Judges as if we are not just like these people. We think things like, the people of Judges are just like my neighbor who doesn't go to church. I wish he would listen. Or we think things like, if I had been there, I would have been like Joshua. I would have led them in covenant faithfulness. I would have shown them their error. I would have worshipped the true God. I would have torn down the false gods and driven away the pagans. I would not be that stubborn. But in fact, that's not how we are, is it? Apart from the work of Christ, we are just like them. We love our sin. We know what God says is good and right, but we often choose to do otherwise. Sometimes we get convicted and turn away, but we often come back to it just as stubborn and stupid. We are easily led astray by the world. We want what seems to make them happy, the big house, the new car, the nice clothes, the big money, the fornication, the super athlete, the huge influence and followers or whatever it is. Friends, we are just like these people. We are wretched sinners. Now let's look at the Lord's pattern in this text. First, Yahweh gets angry because of their sin. Verse 12 says, they provoked the Lord to anger. In verse 14, so the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. Second, the Lord punishes them. Verse 14, he gave them over to plunderers. He sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies. Verse 15, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm. Third, in verse 18, he is moved to pity by their groaning. 
Interestingly, this is the same word used for the groaning that God heard when his people were suffering in slavery in Egypt before he called Moses. You can look at that in Exodus 2, 24. And therefore, fourth, in verse 16, the the Lord raised up judges who saved them. Verse 18, again, the Lord raised up judges for them. The Lord was with the judge. He saved them from their enemies all the days of the judge. But as we have already seen, the stubborn people do not repent and return to the Lord. So verse 20 repeats the cycle. The anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel again. So this is the Lord's pattern. He gets angry over sin. He gives them over to their enemies. He hears their groaning. And then he graciously saves them by raising up a judge. This summer, I bought some stock for the first time. I did some research. I decided it was a good buy, and I discussed it with Rebecca, and we bought it. I was excited and hopeful to make some money. And since then, it has done nothing but go down, down, down in value. I feel like this is, the Lord, this is how the Lord felt when he watched the people who he rescued, fought for, and established leave him and whore after other gods. I mean, look at these stubborn, whiny people. They're of little value, and they're getting worse. They don't look anything like a kingdom of priests and a holy nation that he intended them to be. But when we look at Judges, we see that that's not right at all. That's not how God thinks of his people. Friends, Judges gives us a clear look at who our God is. As you're reading through the Bible, Judges should blow your mind. We can easily see why Yahweh was angry when his people disobeyed the covenant and worshiped other gods. This is clearly justified. But a careful reader should consider, why did he not utterly destroy these stubborn people according to the covenant? Why was God moved to pity when they groaned under the cursings agreed to in the covenant with them? Why was the Lord so gracious to them to rescue them from their enemies? And here's the answer to all these questions. That's who our God is. The Lord is just, but He is also merciful. The Lord is faithful, even when His people are not. God is near to His people, and He is always in control. He allows them to be tempted by pagans, and He is always angered by their sin. He allows suffering, but He always hears the cries of His people even when their suffering is the consequence of their sin. He gives them over to their sin, but He always sends a rescuer to save them. That's amazing, isn't it? Our God is so incredibly gracious. Paul reminds us how God deals with His people in Romans 10, 21. But of Israel, he says, all day long I have held out my hands to a disobedient and contrary or stubborn people. I ask then, has God rejected His people? And Paul answers, by no means. Friends, that's who our God is, and that's what you will see as we continue to study through the judges together. Well, there are many applications of this text. First, we have the responsibility to teach the next generation who the Lord is and what He has done. Joshua's generation chose to serve the Lord And they had seen Yahweh give them victory over their enemies and deliver them into the promised land. But their children were easily seduced by the pagan people and their gods. 
I guarantee you, every generation after us will be sinners just like us. They too must hear the gospel and place, fa- place their faith in Christ to be saved. Like these Israelites, they will either worship the Lord or they will worship something else. So teach them the Bible and tell them your story. Tell them what the Lord has done for you. If you don't, they will surely follow the, follow the world and do what is right in your own eyes. And that's not just for parents. That's for every one of us. And if you're younger, you should listen and ask questions of older Christians so you will know what God has done in their lives. Some of you may have benefited by growing up in a Christian home, but you will not be saved on the basis of your parents' or your grandparents' faith. Recognize, secondly, recognize that we are easily influenced by the world. So be careful not to be led astray. Certainly you will live, work, and play around unbelievers. But check yourself. What do you fill your mind with? Who do you listen to? What do you watch on TV? What, who do you follow on social media? What is your source of truth? Do you listen and participate in inappropriate jokes, gossip, slander, or other things that are sinful? Do you allow worldly pressure to influence your decisions or even cause you to sin? Commit to being at church so you can continually hear the truth, be encouraged by the gospel, and be corrected if necessary. Spend quality time with Christian friends. If you desire to marry, seek a Christian spouse who will encourage your faith. Be aware who is influencing your thoughts and actions and who is influencing your friends and family. God's people must be distinct from and combat our godless culture. Third, are you suffering? Well, be assured that the Lord hears your groaning. He is near, and He is mighty. So pray, and keep on praying with confidence that He is in control. No matter what you're going through, this text assures you that God listens and hears the cries of His people. Fourth, do you recognize that the Lord can use even you to save others? When we look at the judges that God used to deliver His people, we don't see model specimens of faith. Othniel, the younger brother, Ehud, the sneaky left-handed man, Barak, the weak leader, Gideon, from the weakest tribe who needed signs from the Lord, Jephthah, the son of a prostitute, Samson, the strong but easily seduced. Are you praying that the Lord will use you to save others? Are you seeking relationships with unbelievers so that you can share the gospel? We are salt and light in this world. We are sent out to make disciples of the nations. Fifth, know that the Lord is mighty to save. None of the other nations were able to stand against the Lord's actions for His people. Not then and not now. If God is for us, who can be against us? And we know that God sent His own Son, Jesus, to rescue us through His death on the cross and resurrection from the grave. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Is Jesus your Lord and Savior tonight? Are you amazed and grateful to God for what He has done for you through Christ? And sixth, and perhaps most obviously, are you a stubborn sinner? 
Notice that these Israelites did not repent. They groaned in worldly sorrow, but they did not turn back to Yahweh. Are you stuck in patterns of sin? Brothers and sisters, repent. Repent. Turn away from your sin. Turn to the Lord. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do what these people did not in the power of the Holy Spirit, who has set you free from the bondage of, to sin and gives you strength to fight the enemy. The Lord will punish sin, and He disciplines His people. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Jesus is our deliverer and perfect judge. As Raymond reminded us this morning, He does not treat us as our sins deserve. He is rich in mercy and amazingly gracious. As Davis says in his commentary on Judges, here's the fundamental miracle of the Bible, that the God who rightly cast us down to the ground should, without reasons, stoop to lift us up. And that's a great reminder to us as we prepare to come to the Lord's table together this evening.